What's going on, Steelers Nation Radio? Welcome to another edition of the Steelers Blitz here on SNR. On today's episode of the Blitz, I won't be yapping with Arthur Motes. We've got young Jacob Recht for the first time here on the show, out of the bullpen for Motesy, and we've got plenty to discuss. Uh, a lot from rookie minicamp. Najee Harris signed his contract officially yesterday. We'll do some discussion about the young running back and can he be one of those rookie running backs who comes in the league, hits the ground running, and carries an insane workload as a rookie. I want to talk with Jacob about some of the big kind of overarching questions of this Steelers offense. Uh, talk about the offensive line, some of the depth at defensive positions as well. And it is a Thursday, so we'll catch up with our buddy Brian Backo of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette as well. He is live, down, well, will be, I should say, live down at minicamp on the south side. So plenty to get to. Here we go. Euler and Motes are on the air. This is the Steelers Blitz on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. SNR, Steelers Nation Radio. What's going on, Steelers Nation Radio? It is high noon on a Thursday afternoon. That can only mean one thing. It's time to go inside the electric factory here on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, but a different drill today. Mm. You know, normally this is the part, Jacob, where I tell everybody, um, you know, my colleague had a decade of NFL experience. I've got a really good head of hair. But today, Arthur Motes out of the bullpen for the Steelers to do a charity event, which means that young Jacob is... I don't know, pinch hitting out of the bullpen. Can you both be out of the bullpen? Is that possible? You're saying that I'm not some NFL vet? You don't have my (laughs) wrecked number 17 jersey? Come on now. That hurts. That hurts. Young Jacob wrecked in for Arthur Motes today. Again, in these times, and I know it feels like we're getting closer and closer back to the precedented times and out of these unprecedented times, but I still feel like I got to say everything is fine with Arthur Motes. All right, no emergency, no nothing. No, he's doing good out there. He's doing a charity event for for the Stillers today. Um, and we'll be back next week. But we've got young Jacob with us today. You might be familiar with Jacob if you are a uh, loyal SNR listener. He, of course, part of the Steelers standard with Tom Ottferman and Kellen Gursky. He does a lot of producing around this building, sometimes with Stan Saverin, uh, a lot of times with The Drive, with Dale and Matt. So if you are familiar with us here, your 24-7 home of the black and gold, you're certainly familiar with Jacob. But to officially welcome you to the show, mm. what up, cousin? Hey, man. Thanks for having me. Happy that Arthur Motes is doing good in this world. Always needs some more positive energy out there. So he is good. Motes is doing that, and so that gave me the opportunity to be here today. Happy to be here, Wes. You and I have a great chemistry. People will get to see it now. They certainly will, and well, it'll be our our, our normal standard show. Like I said, it, we will catch yeah, up with Brian Backo later on in the sh- in the program. We will also take your tweets throughout the show, so you know where to get at us at Wesley Euler. You can find Jacob on Twitter, Jacob Recht at Jakey Recht. We are rocking and rolling here uh, for about the next ninety minutes on this Thursday afternoon. Plenty to talk about, as always, in Steeler land. Uh, rookie minicamp ongoing, young Jacob. And Najee Harris has officially signed his contract. Let me ask you this. Let's just get right into this yeah, here, all right? It. No need to dance around. No need to fluffity-fluff and, and kick the can around a little bit before we really get into this. Let's dive in. We have seen a lot of running backs in the National Football League, a lot of first-round pick running backs in the National Football League, 
who have legitimately been able to come in as rookies Mm -hmm. and just shoulder an insane workload. Um, It's something that Moats has talked about here before, Jacob. There's certain positions in the NFL that are just more difficult to be effective as a rookie right away and others where it's easier to step in. You know, if you're a quarterback you got a lot to learn, a lot of, of moving parts. If you're a wide receiver... You're one of three, one of four. You got a yeah. lot to learn, a lot of different route trees and things like that. If you're a defensive back, a lot of different schemes and coverages to learn. But you know what? If you're an edge rusher, it's more simple to come in as a rookie, you're, right? You're it's just go going. Get, go get the quarterback. Go. Put your hand in the dirt, or if you're standing up, go get the quarterback. If you're a running back, it's another one of those positions where you can be effective right away as a rookie, easier than some other roles. Um, the list goes on and on. We've seen, again, ton of rookies step into the league and have success right away at the running back position over the last five years, over the, ten, over the last ten years. Najee Harris, I mean, he was always going to be signed, but it is official as of yesterday. Jacob, he signs that contract, $13.1 million fully guaranteed for the first-round draft pick. Is that a fair expectation? Because, you know, hey... Yes, he was a first-round pick, um, but he wasn't Ezekiel Elliott. No, he fourth wasn't overall. top four. He wasn't sure. Saquon Barkley, top second two, yeah. overall. But we know three years at Alabama being the bell cow. Jacob, he just looks and sounds the part. Everything he's said since being drafted, you can really tell he's been groomed for this moment. You think he can be the guy for the Steelers? It feels like they need him to be. Can he be one of those running backs who just... Doesn't matter that he's a rookie. He can carry that insane workload. Wes, it's no question. He definitely needs to be. There's there's no reason that the Steelers would use a first-round pick on this guy without then needing him to be exactly what they spent a first-round pick on, what people value a first-round pick as. So will he be? That is the big question. Sure. I You want to hope so that he can, but as you said, Wes, what we've seen and what we've heard from him and the short amount of time that he's been at Pittsburgh Steeler Seems promising. It does. Right? We, we've seen him at minicamp, at, at the rookie camp last weekend. We all know now about his infamous or famous one-handed catch he made over the head. And, <laughs> and his interaction with Dale Lawley was which is super, super charming. Right? This isn't a guy who's coming in and saying, I'm the first-round talent. Even though, he, as you said, he wasn't top four, top two, like Saquon, like Zeke. This guy could have come in. With a big ego, it said, "Hey, I'm I am the first round guy. This team doesn't take running backs in the first round, and they don't take that lightly that they took me. So I'm not gonna. I can come in here and be the big man on campus. That's not what he did. He said, "I appreciate that you appreciated my play, but guess what? That's who I am." He he's done interviews with Missy Matthews. He's interacted with various Pittsburgh media since he's been here for what now about a month that we've been yep. post draft. It seems that he's he's the type of guy that you want around in the locker room. And Tom and Kellen and I talk a lot about this on the standard. Oh, yeah, plug we it, say, plug it, baby. We say, oh yeah, if you haven't heard, Steelers Standard also available on SNR and all your podcast Ooh. websites. We we talk about the importance of of locker room presence, and we know the distractions that came last year with certain wide receivers. And you don't want that to kind of be a continuation, a, a handing of the torch, you you could say, from, from A.B. to Juju to Claypool. It seems right now that Najee just has a good head on his shoulders. It seems that he's the right – it's just overall the play style, the man himself, it's the right fit for this organization. Now, I will say this, Wes, to your original point how 
it's kind of easier to come in in certain positions and just go out and hit the do, ground run. Right. Yeah. Do get the ball. But in Najee Harris's case, I think it's a little different this year. Now, running back, the, the, the position is pretty straightforward. But with a new offensive coordinator, that is true. That's a good point. With Ben and his supposed last year in the NFL, there's going to be a lot of changes made. Now, that's not so much up to Najee Harris, it's up to his capabilities. But the best thing he can do is make himself available to the multitude, to the complexities of Matt Canada's offense. Yeah. Because no, that's a great point. The last you. thing people want to see is a Randy Feekner led offense, dink and dunk. Not far thrown passes, very little snaps made under center, very little run plays ran overall. Little play action, little motion. You want to see variability with Najee Harris, and that's why I think the the two moves that were made happened. The Steelers decided to move on from Andy Finkner and and promote Matt Canada, and they decided to use their first-round pick on Najee Harris. Those are the two things that needed to happen in order to kind of, I think, restart this offense, kind sure. of get it sure. back to the age of Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown, Martavis Bryant, where it was posting 30 points a game. Now they have these pieces. They have a a offensive-friendly coordinator again, similar to Todd Haley. I think Matt Cannon is the better option than, than Randy Feekner is as a play caller, and you have the options of receiver. You have the multitude of guys. You have... The running back who can not only be the running back, you can line him up maybe on the sideline as Le'Veon Bell did. I mean, we we saw that we we saw Najee Harris do that at Alabama, not so much on the sidelines, but we saw him as an effective pass catcher. Yes. So going back to your original question, can he do this? I think he can, and I think it's I think he is the most important piece for this offense in 2021. I, I understand hmm. Ben Roethlisberger being the quarterback. It's it's the more valuable position. Sure. But I think Najee Harris is the key to making it an effective offense once again. I like how you put that. I do. And I, I do think that that's a fair assessment. Um, we all know, right? I mean, the quarterback position is just skewed. Right, of course. In, and so in that's terms why, of importance, you know, so that's it, always going to be the answer. It's the easy answer to say who's the most valuable. It's You could say Ben, but I, I disagree. I think even beyond Ben, Ben has just, from what we saw out of Ben last year, I think Ben is capable of getting the ball to whoever he can, but it's about Najee's usage, which makes him, in my opinion, the more valuable player. And, and unlocks versatility of this of offense course. that they didn't have last year. That was, you know, we could talk a lot about the offensive line. We could talk a lot about the good and the bad with Ben, the lack of the run game, um, some of the drops that creeped in with the wide yeah, receivers. There were a lot of problems last year. But you know what was number one on that list? They became entirely too predictable down the stretch. Oh, yeah. They just did. They were too one-dimensional. They were too predictable. Predictable and then complacent in yes. their predictability. And those that's, that's just a recipe for disaster. It, it is. Um, you know, the, the Baltimore Ravens and the way they play offense is predictable in a way. But not in the same way that the Steelers, no, not be- because they were handcuffed in a sense that, you, you know what I mean? Like, there there are some offenses that are, like the Tennessee Titans offense is predictable in a way. Sure. But that's because Derrick Henry is so dang good. Like, good luck <laughs> stopping Derrick Henry. <laughs> exactly. The um, guy needed 200 and some odd yards to reach 2,000 yards on the season in week 17. And people were saying, well, they already have a playoff position locked up. What are they going to play? Derrick Henry for for all 60 minutes. Well, guess what they did, and he still eclipsed that 2,000-yard clip. Yes. 
100% correct. So I think you're right. Like, honestly, other than maybe the Tennessee Titans, yeah, every team in the NFL, technically their most valuable player is the quarterback. But that's even just the way the position is skewed. But I think that's well said by you. Najee has to be the key to unlock this offense. Mm-hmm. Even as you said, you mentioned Baltimore. You don't know if it's going to go to J.K. Dobbins, Mark Ingram at the right, time, right. Gus Edwards, Lamar or Jackson. Lamar Jackson. You don't know who it was going to go to. Exactly. And now what makes Baltimore even scarier is the trade rumors about Julio. People are saying Baltimore is the cool. ideal location. Stop that. Yes. I don't want to talk any further the about Patriots that. Too. But Why does, you know what? I asked this to Moats. I asked this to you, young Jacob. Why does every time there's a big-name player in the, the NFL, name, right. it's always the Patriots. You look at the, you go to ESPN.com. You go to NFL.com. You go to wherever.com to get and your sports, and it's top five destinations for Julio Jones. The Patriots are number one or two. How? Hey, Tom Brady's not there anymore. No. Why, why would Julio Jones want to go yeah, there? Yeah, I don't get that now. It's a great point. I mean, you can understand wanting to play for Belichick to a degree. But if Tom Brady is there, there's a reason why Tampa Bay is returning all 22 of its starters from yes. its 2021 exactly. Super Bowl team. And it's not because the franchise or the coach. No, not at it's, all. You know what? Jacob, you know what those articles now that are still saying, like, ever, like, ah, Julio, Julio to the Patriots, everyone to the Patriots. It's like, it's like saying, uh, I don't know, every basketball player to Cleveland after LeBron left. Like, it's not the same anymore, folks. Um, it's but, really frustrating, too. I mean, I, I don't I don't get it. I mean, the reason why Julio is probably going to end up in one of those two is because one of those two places being Baltimore or New England is for two very different reasons. Baltimore needs a number one guy. Correct. Right. And for New England, it doesn't make sense. Right. I, 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 the, the, the reasoning behind the Baltimore destination is clear cut. They have no, they have Hollywood Brown. Good for you. You just lost Willie Sneed who on any NFL, any other NFL team is wide receiver three wide receiver four, but on Baltimore, he's gotta be two because they have, Zero. Well, I like other Bateman, players. but he's a he's a rookie. He's a rookie. We don't even know what yeah. we're getting out of him. Yeah. But for the Patriots, West, it makes very little to no sense whatsoever. I mean, I mean, I would I would hate to see it because now they just have they went from having zero receivers, zero tight ends to two starting tight ends and Julio Jones. I I, I want New England to be bad again. Make New England bad again. See, at I football. don't. I would rather them just be seven and nine for the next nine years. That's fine, but don't make them a playoff team. I I, I had with my who? with Mac Jones. I mean, come on. Yeah, we don't know. <laughs> but anyways, I mean, I, I understand your point yeah. of being frustrated with people saying over and over and over again, New England Patriots. The Patriots. Yeah. Um, I think Julio probably ends up in the AFC, which stinks. Which um, would make sense for Atlanta. You don't want it, to send him to another. Why would NFC you send him to the Packers? Yeah. Why would you send him to the Seahawks? That 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 just doesn't make any sense. The teams who are already better than you. You're just going to make them exactly. the rich richer. Exactly. Uh, it's the Steelers Blitz here on SNR. If you are just tuning in, if you missed the start of this edition of the Blitz, that's young Jacob Recht in for Arthur Motes today. Arthur Motes got called out of the bullpen to do a charity event, so I've got our buddy Jacob pinch hitting. You should be familiar with him if you've listened to SNR before. Uh, he, of course, one of the hosts of Steelers Standards. We did have um, some important tweets here, Jacob, that I need to bring to your attention. Okay? Yeah. Um. We've gotten a few tweets here so far that we will get. You guys all know. You get those tweets in. We will get to them as the show rolls along. Um, but Thrash here, who's one of our loyal listeners, and and Sensei, who's, an, who's another one of our loyal listeners, bring up a good point. Uh, Thrash says, what's Jacob's nickname going to be? 
If you're a part of the show, you have to have a nickname, right? Uh, well, I, mean, I'm, I have I'm a the, nickname. I'm the good hair. Moats is the body. Brian Bacco is Batman. And Sensei tweeted the same thing. We need Jacob's uh, nickname. That will make him official. Da ba- oh, wait. He also points out to... Yes, we have the good hair. We have the body. We have dad body, which is uh, Adam Crowley. There you go. So Jacob, in time. I mean, let's 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 see how the show goes. You know, well, <laughs> you can't just put it on me. I mean, all, true. You everything. Can't force a nickname. No, you got to see where the where the the tide takes you, and you can't just give it to me now, and then I gotta fall into it. You gotta let let it create itself. Don Juan also says, uh, "Great job, Jacob, on the Steelers standard. Now you're moving up to the big leagues. Welcome to the Blitz. Love the switch up. Annie as well too says, "I love the Steelers standard. I love the cross pollination of the show today. That's what we need more. You know, people talk about crossover events. It's the crossover event of the century. We got to get West Euler on the standard. We got to bring Matt Williamson on Woo. the standard. I got to get me on the drive, man. That's where I need to yeah, be. Yeah, seriously. I mean, you're sitting there pushing the buttons for those guys every day." We just let's make moats do all the work. How about yeah. that? We'll, we'll make moats. We'll, we'll put them to work go one day. All right, we will get. We got some more tweets here. Some good ones. We'll get to those uh, again in just a few minutes. Reminder: You can find me at Wesley Euler. He is Jacob Recht. That's R E C H T on the Twitter.com. If you're get looking, it right. If you're looking to find our uh, our buddy Jacob here, um, I do want to hear though. Like I said, we we spent obviously the majority of this segment here talking about Najee Harris. Um, wasn't a ton of mystery. It was a matter of when, not if. But he has, as of yesterday, uh, officially signed his rookie contract. Spoke with uh, Missy Matthews just for a couple minutes catching up on uh, kind of everything that's gone on so far. Um, and uh, uh, an interesting nugget, I thought, about what he's trying to learn. At, you know, these times, rookie minicamp, when there's more time for one-on-one, when it's it's not as intense. The season's obviously still months away. Training camps is still a little ways away. Um, it's not like you're trying to install a bunch of stuff and things like that. You get more time to spend on one-on-one with guys. Uh, some interesting stuff from Najee about what he's hoping to learn from Ben Roethlisberger in the coming weeks and months here before the season gets going as well. Here is the guy who's going to carry that workload for the Pittsburgh Steelers offense, Najee Harris. Step signing the contract part of the process. How good does that feel to just have it done and be able to focus and keep moving? Mm, I mean, it feels good to get out the way, you know, and um, now some of the guys are coming back, um, veterans and stuff, so I get to finally spend time with them and not worry about all the other stuff. So, you know, it's finally good to get out the way. What has it been like getting to know this rookie class, obviously the guys that you are probably around the most, and then kind of mixing in with the veterans, Ben Roethlisberger, guys like that? It's good uh, to, you know, finally meet some of these guys in the, in the rookie class and just really kind of build a bond with each other. Um, but. But Ben, obviously, um, he was out there for a couple of days last week. You know, I already got, you know, we did go eat with him at his house. So, you know, we had time to bond there. But, you know, on the field-wise, you know, um, I finally get to, you know, uh, take some leadership for him and stuff like that. And, you know, he was obviously leading the team and stuff like that. So, you know, it's, it's good to, to finally, you know, um, just really get to know everybody and get to, you know, break bread with everybody. Okay. With Ben, I know Pat said, you know, this is a guy I grew up watching playing. What is it like when you actually meet him in person and, like you said, getting a chance to know him at his house? Yeah, so for me, I mean, like, yeah, like, I was about, like, six probably when he was playing. So, you know, um, for me to actually line up next to him and stuff like that, you know, it is, like, a, a, a huge deal, especially because, you know, um, like I said, I, I used to watch him too, especially when the Cardinals played the Steelers and he threw the, the, the touchdown. Antonio yeah, Holmes. Exactly, right there. So that was a <laughs> uh, that was something big too. So, if, um you know, but 
other than that, though, you know, I don't want to get too fanboy. I just like uh, taking leadership from him and see, like, how, you know, he prepares for upcoming games, how he prepares for practice and stuff like that, you know. So um, that's a really big thing that I'm taking away. For rookie minicamp, it was just you and Coach Faulkner. Uh, what was that like building that relationship and getting to know each other because it was such a limited amount of guys that yeah. could be out on the field? I mean, Coach Falk, my guy, like, ever since I got here, really, I've been with him every single day um, and just learning the offense, and it is a new offense, so just learning all the all the, the, the key little uh, words you got to know that plays a big role in the formations and stuff like that, and really just to spend time and, um, and uh, knowing all the protections and stuff, uh, run games, you know, screens and stuff like that, so, um, you know, it's, it's good to build a relationship with him. Um, it was just his son's birthday a couple of days ago, happy birthday to him. Um, <laughs> So, you know, I, I, got, I got time to see his family and his, and his kids and stuff like that. So, you know, we've we been a good relationship. What about Matt Canada? I think so many people are intrigued because there is a change in offensive yeah. coordinator. Not that you were here last year, but what do you think he's going to bring in terms of what he wants to see from you guys? Yeah, well, like, like you said, I wasn't here last year. So, you know, I don't know what to um, expect that's going to change from last year because I was in a completely different team. But, you know, from, you know, from, from my point, you know, I... I I, you know, I'm going to believe in him, whatever he calls and stuff like that. You know, when, if he calls my name, I'm going to obviously um, try to do the best I can to, to make the most out of the play to provide for the team. You promised us you were going to get involved in the Pittsburgh community. You have already done that. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about the foundation that you launched and just what you've been able to do so far in your short time here in Pittsburgh? Yeah, so my foundation? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so, okay, so I did um, I did do some this past weekend. It was Saturday. It was, I spoke to, um, I don't know how many kids was there, but uh, they was graduating all going to college. Um, Franco, he, he was there talking on a virtual thing, um, okay. and it was a couple of C, Franco Harrison, um, and then it was a couple of uh, CEOs there, and they had, they had me speak to, you know, um, and I was just telling, you know, the, the kids there that, you know, you guys are America's future, um, future uh, business people, you know, social workers, all that list goes on. So, you know, just congratulating them and, and, and telling them, you know, the step ahead, like, you know, the journey that you guys are going to have, it's going to be, it's going to be hard, but, you know, it's going to make the best of everybody, you know, with, with difficulties and obstacles to face, you're going to face it. So just getting through that, that's the stuff I was talking about then. But my foundation, I have recently launched it. It's called The Bigger Picture. Um, and uh, actually, I was on Ellen. So she I gave, saw. You saw that? Yeah. She gave me, you saw me, she gave me 10K? Yeah. That was ridiculous. From, to my foundation, not yeah. me personally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's how I found yeah, out yeah, about yeah. it. Yeah, I love yeah, that. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, so like, you know, that, that helped us out a lot to get things going and jump for, jumpstart some things. Um, but yeah, my foundation is just, you know, to help the, the, the people um, in need, homeless people, um, just, you know, people in poverty and really just try to be, a, um, you know, somebody that I can be a helping hand really for them. All right. Lastly, what's one thing that has surprised you about Pittsburgh so far? Uh, yinzer. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah. Yinzers. Yinzers. Yeah. yeah. The, the term yinzer and uh, the Parmini sandwiches. Permanis. Permanis. The fries and coleslaw. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of stuff. I can keep going on about what will surprise me. <laughs> a lot, city. it sounds yeah. like. I mean, I didn't know there was so many damn hills here, so that surprised me, too. I want to know yeah. how people get up it when it's snowing. I want to see that. I want to see that. Um, it's hella bridges. Yeah. All right, awesome. Well, thank you very much. Congrats again on uh, signing the deal, and we look forward to the rest of the summer. Thank you. Appreciate it. There's lots of bridges. Well, he did get that one down. 422, I believe, to be exact, right? Isn't that the number Most of bridges in, any in Pittsburgh? City, right? 422? I think 426. It is most in any city. But yeah, 420. I think it's 426.
Someone tried to tell me that New York, 422 or 426. That New York with you know the the multitude of islands Lots and whatnot. Get out of here, New York. Yeah, get out of here, New York. Just stick to your five boroughs. Seriously. Like, you know, New York's always got to be doing that New York. Greatest city in the world thing. Like, everyone's stuck. Oh, my goodness. Knicks fans at Madison Square Garden. I've never heard a fan base this loud. New York City, the greatest Honestly. in the world. Like, just settle down. Honestly, last night's reaction to the Knicks. One oh win. Goodness. One win in the first round. When they were the higher seed and they were avoiding being swept at home, they got out with a, a split at home as the higher seed. They were causing traffic jams. I mean, this is this is clearly a team that hasn't won anything in eight years, and that's that's all they had to celebrate. But get over yourselves. <laughs> get over yourselves. All right, let's look at some tweets here before we go to our first break, young Jacob. A um, couple good questions here from Annie. Uh, first one, she wants to know what's on the menu for this holiday weekend and wants to know if I have any recommendations for a smoker to buy. We're looking and mm. could use some thoughts and advice. She's come to the master, the smoke she master. Has come. So, Annie, what you really have to decide is if you want a pellet smoker or if you want like a traditional wood smoker. And here's the difference. Um, traditional wood smoker, while I think it does give you a little bit better of a taste, it requires much more work and attention. Right, like so. I have a Traeger. I have an electric pellet smoker. Oh, so I can literally set the temperature on mine, and as long as the pellets are in there, I can not touch it for six hours, for eight hours. I can run to the store. I can do whatever. If you've got a traditional wood burning smoker, I mean, you got to be checking that temperature. You got to be monitoring it about every thirty minutes, sixty minutes, ninety minutes. Right. So, the traditionalist will tell you to get a. A uh, you know an offset wood wood burning smoker. Someone like me who loves the convenience will tell you to get an electric pellet smoker. Mm-hmm. That's just kind of what you got to decide there. So you were telling me earlier today your buddies from or living currently in Austin, Texas, right? I do have a very good friend. Yes, one of my groomsmen who lives in Austin, ah, Texas. Yes. So on my bucket list of just not even food related, just things I have to do right mm-hmm. before I die. I've got to go down to Austin, Texas, yep. and I got to try Franklin's barbecue. Uh, so, see, you know what you're talking about. See, Jacob, I'm, pr- you know, I mean, I, I have always liked you. I've always been proud. Of I, you, but I, I, I could when, spend, as soon as you said that, I said he better be talking about Aaron Franklin. I could, I could spend hours and hours and hours watching that man work a grill, work a he smoker. Is the brisket god? Yeah. He is the brisket god. Aaron I discovered Franklin. him. You know, I'm not going to. I've got two of his books. <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to say, you know, I've been a lifelong fan. I actually found him when I watched this great movie. It's called Chef with John Favreau. Have you seen it? Yes. Came out like five, six years ago. Fantastic movie. Love Introduces you to food all around the country. Barbecue in Texas. You know, Cubanos in Miami. The Gumbo and the Bayou down in New Orleans. But the best to me was watching Aaron Franklin make a little cameo there. John Favreau bought s- some slabs of some brisket, and I, I my mouth that. watered watching it. And so I, I was like, Buddy. "This has to be a real person." So I went out, did some research, and have been following him ever since. Buddy, that's the barbecue that I gotta, I Buddy. have to have once before I die. Can I just tell you, like 2010, 2011, 2012, when your boy was uh, in college in Morgantown? My roommates and I watched Aaron Franklin's YouTube videos like they oh, were yeah. like they were gospel like they were like they were Jesus preaching to the masses. Oh yeah, uh, he's he's great. He's on that masterclass now. He's though. on that masterclass. Like I said, I've got two of his books. He is the brisket god. Uh, but that's what you got to decide, Annie. You got to decide if you want the traditional offset wood burning smoker or if you want the convenience of an electric of a pellet smoker. That's what it really all comes down to. What's on the menu for this holiday weekend, Jacob? 
Any plans? I don't know. Yeah, I've got some plans, actually. I'm doing a little traveling. Going to take advantage. Going to see some friends in... I know we were just kind of smacking them around a little bit, but going to go down to Philly. Going nice. to spend one day in New York City. So I don't know what's on the menu, but probably not good. some so traditional cheese, cheese long and smoked... Pizza. Yeah, probably. That's good. I mean, that's. Nothing I'm not going to get the traditional MDW barbecue, but... It's all good, you know. I get to see some places. I've never been to Philly. I really, really, I I, I enjoy. Aside from the traffic, I enjoyed my time living in Philadelphia. I, I did. I mean, I like it here more, but I enjoyed my time living in Philadelphia. Uh, aside from the traffic and the hockey team that plays uh, professionally in Philadelphia that wears yeah, orange, of course. Um, I am smoking a brisket on Saturday for the Champions League final at three o'clock. Ah. Uh, I'm also going to smoke some mac and cheese in a cast iron skillet this weekend as well, too. I don't think we're doing anything going anywhere for the holiday weekend, though. It's funny. My wife and I, speaking of Philly, my wife and I usually, you know, her family's from Philly, and they've got a shore house in New Jersey. Uh, That's usually what we do for Memorial Day weekend. Uh, We are not going there this year, although I'm not complaining because I have a feeling traffic is going to be Yeah, I'm I'm not ecstatic about the traveling because I'm driving. But just get, it'll I mean, be worth if it. If you're expecting yeah. some traffic, it'll it'll be worth it. You know, throwing some John Mayer, throwing some Bruce, throwing some Dead and Co. Oh, okay. buddy, now you gotta look at this. Okay. He's trying to butter me up over <laughs> here. He's trying to butter me up over here. Uh, that's young Jacob Recht. He is filling in for Arthur Motes today. We are still taking your tweets. When we come back here, there's been a few overarching themes of the offseason that Motsi and I have discussed, have kept eyes on throughout free agency, throughout the draft. I want to get young Jacob's uh, thoughts on those. I'll kind of kick around some of the, again, overarching concerns and just themes of the offseason. See what Jacob thinks, and we'll also catch up with our buddy Brian Backo just about an hour from now as well. So plenty more to come here on this edition of the Steelers Blitz. Don't go anywhere. He's Jacob. I'm Wesley. I sound like Dale Lolly with that sign up. <laughs> You're listening to SNR. <laughs>